You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. The secret to well-being is discovering the power that is your birthright, the power to create a happier, healthier life drawn from our own vast internal resources. Join Jules and her guests as they gently guide you to shift your perspective from the familiar negative to the divinely connected, a place that will not only positively impact your world, but possibly shift the planet. It's all right here on Law of Attraction Talk Radio. Well, welcome to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I'm Jules from beautiful Southern California. Happy New Year's! Are you ready for a great 2020? Well, get ready to shine because this year is all about using the universal principles of the Law of Attraction to your advantage. I'm going to give you uh, some things to think about in just a few moments. But first, let me announce that the January issue of Law of Attraction magazine is out. And it's absolutely incredible. As a matter of fact, my guest tonight is on the cover with an exclusive interview. Now, many of you will remember the movie, What the Bleep Do We Know? (laughs) Back in 2006, I think it was. This was the first metaphysical mainstream movie to come alive, and it starred Marlene Maitland, the beautiful deaf actress. And it was created by my guest tonight, William Arnst, who is a physicist. And I'm so delighted and excited to talk with him. He's got a spectacular sense of humor. And as a matter of fact, he wrote another book called How to Suffer in 10 Easy Steps. Well, he explains his reasoning for this title. But what is so terrific is that he invented his sufferometer. (laughs) It's really incredible. So if you're in the suffering mode, or if you're in a depressed state, or you're stressed, read this month's magazine where you will see this brilliant device that you can create at home. And better yet, buy this book on how to suffer in 10 easy steps and give it to your friends or family that need to shift out of worry and stress so that they can manifest a better life and accomplishing their goals in 2020. Just go to lawofattractionmagazine.com and read it for free from your tablet or iPad or your desktop computer. Now, you can read it from your iPhone or, or your mobile phone, but it's pretty small. And really, to get the flavor of the entire magazine, I, I stick to my tablet and iPad. But in any case, however you view it, you're absolutely going to enjoy it. Now, let's talk about the law of attraction and where you put your attention. Because what you put your attention on strengthens or expands in your life. Scientists are discovering more and more evidence that we humans are not independent observers of a mechanical universe. Our attention, backed by the intent of our beliefs, create what we experience as our lives. 
Scientifically, one might say that focusing your attention on the energy field of consciousness, which contains the waves of possibilities, create the particles, which are the events and materializations that you experience as your reality. Now, this is a very important concept, and let me repeat it. What you put your attention on strengthens or expands in your life. This one idea alone can make a huge difference to your year ahead. Remember the last time that you were considering buying a new car? You had your attention focused on it, and what happened? All of a sudden, you notice many different types and models and, and colors of cars, the for sale signs in the windows, the ads in the paper, and people relaying information to you about a friend who's thinking of selling their car. Your attention brought these things into your awareness because of your focus. The moment you purchased your new car, your attention shifted. That same information about cars was still available out in the world, but it was no longer attracted to your awareness. Your attention was focused elsewhere. It's important to focus your attention effectively. In other words, don't waste your creative energy. Without deliberate focus, you're spreading your attention around randomly, achieving no real benefit for yourself. Keep your attention focused on something positive, and good things will begin to happen. I guarantee it. This is the real reason for goal setting. It's the mental focus that helps you to achieve your goals. Your focus is actually strengthening the thought form that you have expressed as your goal. Unfortunately, many of us have been orientated to the pass-fail aspect of goal setting. And so to avoid failure, we just don't set goals. Yet the concept of the pass-fail is a belief, a very strong shared belief. Now remember, if there is something in your life that you want, keep your attention focused on that goal. If things show up, and they will, that will seem to get in the way, don't focus on them, handle them, but stay focused on your goal. It's when you focus on the obstacles that you tend to give up. Now think about what we have already discussed. What happens when you focus on the obstacles? Right, your focus just strengthens the thought forms related to the obstacle. So stay focused on the goal. Now you might have a goal that you believe can only be achieved if you have a certain amount of money. Instead of focusing on that goal, your focus is on the fact that you don't have enough money. <laughs> and guess where that leads you? With no money. But maybe there is a way to achieve the goal without money. By not focusing on the goal, you restrict the possibilities which you might not even know about. 
you will prevent your goal from occurring. Knowing where your attention is focused is also important because you physically experience what you focus your attention on. (laughs) That seems like a tongue twister, doesn't it? But you're probably focused on limiting or negative thoughts anytime you're experiencing something unpleasant. So if you want to change how you feel, shift your attention to something else, anything, a pleasant memory or a different subject altogether. Or best of all, become an observer of your own thoughts and just watch them float by. This can actually be quite relaxing and can be referred to as meditating. Yeah, that's right. It's another form of meditation. By monitoring where you are focusing your attention, you will begin to gain insight into why you're experiencing what you're experiencing. If you can determine what belief you might hold that is being challenged by what you are feeling at that particular moment, like fear, worry, and doubt, which are probably the three strongest thought forms on this planet, by the way, they will rob you of all of your desires. If you can get in touch and remove the limiting beliefs behind these culprits, I can guarantee you're going to be a different person and a person that you're really going to like. Now, all of this is so important for you to attract to you that which you are wanting. And you know what actually brings manifestation to you at a high speed? (laughs) Well, you should already know this if you've been a listener of mine. It's hypnosis, but not just regular hypnosis, but with a hypnotherapist that understands the principles of the law of attraction. And yes, I'm talking about me because hypnosis will not only speed up your manifestation of your desire, it will help you to remove those beliefs that say, no, I'm not worthy of this. And it really, really works. And it works fast. So when I hear people sadly accepting their plight such as no job or no love life or no self-esteem or in a depressed state they are actually denying themselves the power that they were born with and I'm always amazed now I've been doing this show for 13 years almost 14 years And I can't tell you how many people have manifested their dreams, healed their bodies, and improved their lives because of hypnosis. So I just want you to know that I'm here for you. Together, in as little as one session, you can manifest a dream or two or three. You even get a recording of the hypnosis session so that you can effectively rewire your brain by simply listening to it for a few weeks. You will manifest your dreams because this is how the universe works. So contact me. Just send me an email at staff at loaradionetwork.com and set up an appointment with me. You know... I'm not even that expensive. 
<laughs> but I'm doing it because this is my life's purpose is to help you realize how powerful you are. If people would only recognize that, half the people that suffer from depression would be healed almost immediately. It's simply denying themselves of, of the power that they came here to experience. And that's why you're listening to my show. You can even go to my hypnosis website, which is creativeguidedimagery.com. We can do it over the internet and you will absolutely be delighted by the results. It's amazing and it makes me so happy when I see you just blossom into this new person because finally you have accepted your power and that's what hypnosis does for you. So just contact me and I would love, love, love to talk to you in person. So again, that's staff at LOA radio network.com and with that let's take one fast commercial break and then we are going to talk to William Arntz the creator of what the bleep do we know we'll be right back You're listening to Law of Attraction Radio Network, enhancing the well-being of millions of listeners worldwide. LOARadioNetwork.com is heard through 25 different internet radio stations, as well as iTunes Radio, Stitcher.com, and our mobile apps. The Law of Attraction Radio Network, your trusted source of daily inspiration at LOARadioNetwork.com. Well, welcome, William to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I am so thrilled to have you on my show. You have no idea. Well, you can fill me in. How, how, how thrilled are you? Uh, I'm really thrilled. Okay. As I was mentioning, you are the reason for the Law of Attraction going as far as it has. I mean, I've been doing this show for 13 years. So you are totally responsible with what the bleep do we know. Oh, my gosh, that that just opened up a whole new world. I don't think you realize how powerful you made the world. I mean, because we began to understand the power that we all have. And it was because of you. Mm. You're you're just you're you're it for me you are it (laughs) so thank you so much for everything you've done but now you're here because of this book and it's absolutely wonderful oh thank you thank you thank you can i go directly to this chapter eight creating reality sure because this has something that we totally misconstrued with your book. This sort of sets us all straight. So again, you're opening our eyes. But it has to do with, I got to just read this one paragraph because it's mind-blowing. Every Jill gets her Jack. 
in the introduction, I put forth a theory. Every human being, either consciously and or subconsciously, thinks slash believes slash feels that if I could create life according to my wishes, hopes, and desires, I would not suffer. And that belief is simply not true. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Do you know what a mindset that is? We've totally always have thought if I have everything that I wanted, suffering will never exist. Oh my gosh. Duh. <laughs> Powerful. Yeah. yeah, well, that's true. Everyone, myself included. I mean, to a certain degree, um, that's all, that's what we all think. And, you know, I kind of had to disprove that myself by achieving a couple of great goals that I thought was going to make my life just the most wonderful thing in the world. And it certainly helped, but it didn't, still suffering happens, still, still bad days, there's still things you get upset about. So this whole idea to drive outside, this whole thing of like, you know, uh, spiritual materialism, of like, oh, let's just, you know, manifest everything we want. It's about manifesting our dreams. And it's good to do that. But that's not the end game. It's not the end game. No. But we're not supposed to end suffering. We're supposed to keep on suffering. But it's really by our choice. Can you explain that a little bit? Well, I mean... <laughs> I mean, Buddha, we know Buddha was the one who really showed up and, you know, his four noble truth life is suffering. Suffering comes due to attachment to the unsubstantial, that, all that stuff. Um, Buddha said there's a way out of suffering, and that was his noble eightfold path. Okay, the, here's how you get out of suffering. So there is, according to Buddha, and other people have said this too, there is a way to um, end suffering i mean it doesn't have to happen although it's a very difficult thing to do because as i say in the book if it was easy everyone would do it because no yeah. one really wants to suffer right right so um but there are ways that at least in the short term we can you know mitigate it and lessen it and the other thing is really use it because personally in my life the times i've changed the most we're all motivated by some rather nasty suffering. So, you know, that's what I've come to. There is, you know, people say, is there a reason for suffering? And it's like, yeah, it's it's the universe is kicking our butt to get us to change. Yeah, that is so true. So we wouldn't progress if we didn't suffer and find a need <clears throat> to do it a different way. Right. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Very, very good. And it's something that we all got to hear. Um, so what made you really start writing this book? Well, it all happened one evening. And um, my wife, Deirdre, uh, was laying on the couch, sort of on her stomach, face down. Her back was out. And I'm walking through the living room on the way to the kitchen. And I say, hey, honey, what are you doing? And there's like no response. I said, Deirdre, what, 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 what are you, what are you doing? What do you want to do? Do you want to go into the kitchen and maybe we'll have some Chardonnay? I'm trying to cheer her up. She's like, no. I said, well, what do you, 
what do you want to do? She goes, I just want to lay here and suffer. <laughs> that was my reaction. You, you kind of laugh. And it's interesting as to why we laugh at that. But most people, so you, I kind of laughed and I stopped and because no one says that, right? <laughs> and I said, well, you, you just want to lay there and suffer? And she goes, yes, I, I want to perfect my suffering. <laughs> And then I really laughed and I said, it came out of my mouth, so I'm to blame. I said, oh, perfect your suffering. Someone needs to write a self-help book, How to Suffer. <laughs> and, and, that, did. And, and she, I mean, you know, we know a lot of folks in the self-help movement, right? You know, like Jack Canfield comes over our house for dinner. Okay, yeah. so we know John Gray, you know, all those folks and all those folks. And I'm always kind of rolling my eyes a little bit because self-help books often get into the, oh, 10 easy steps to find your true love, five <laughs> easy steps to infinite success, yes. right? Yes. And anyone who's achieved those, you say, was it easy? They're like, oh, you can't, can't get out of here. <laughs> no, it's not easy. It's never easy. So it's a bit of a, I, I know it's a sales pitch to get people inspired and that's great and everything, but it, it's never easy. So I kind of make fun of that. So I said, yeah, how to suffer in 10 easy steps. Meanwhile, Deirdre starts to laugh. She sort of rolls over a little bit and we just start riffing on it. You know, someone says, oh, there should be a suffering hall of fame. <laughs> oh yeah, great. Oh, there should be uh, love songs that hurt. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, yeah. And the ha they won't put in the self-help section. They'll put in the self-hurt section. <laughs> how, to how to suffer. So we're just off to the races on this thing. And about 10 minutes later, she's sitting up, you know, we're, and she's ready to go into the kitchen and have the Chardonnay after all, which as a side note, when I look back on it, I'm like, you know, we know that laughter is certainly is an antidote. So, but, so we get to the kitchen. Now we're laughing. Her brother calls. We tell him he's laughing. We're all laughing. It's fun. You figure it's one of those crazy moments. You're going to wake up the next day. Right. And just go like, Oh man, what were we thinking? Uh, but a month later, I'm still thinking about this crazy thing to write this book, how to suffer in 10 easy steps. And I'm thinking most of it as a satire. It's kind of a roast of self-help books. That's how. And so I just start writing some chapters just, just for fun. I'll send them to a couple of friends. We'll have a laugh and I'll forget about it. But it didn't work out that way. I just kept writing it. And of course, as I wrote it, I started realizing that suffering was the one thing. It's the girl in the room. It's the thing that really affects and controls so much of our lives, what we do, what we don't want to do and everything. And yet no one really deals with it directly. Yeah. No one does, says like Deirdre said, I just want to lay here and suffer. Exactly. No one does that. And so as I'm writing this book, I'm starting to realize and myself included, people don't deal with this directly. It's always either, you know, you blame someone else or something else out there, or you, you know, you turn to a drug to, to, to try to forget it or you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's always externally, but no one's dealing with it internally. And once I sort of got that, I'm like, oh my God, there's, there's actually a real book here. So I kept writing and a year and a half later, it was done. Wow. Brilliant. Brilliant. What I like about it is that it is so humorous that 
it alleviates the suffering as you're reading it. You know, how how did you manage to do that? That is incredible. Well, I have a, I have a, uh, and let's just say an odd sense of humor <laughs> that, you know, I, Thank I, God. I, I enjoy in the ironies. You'll remember um, in uh, What the Bleep, do you remember the, you might remember the uh, Polish wedding scene? Oh gosh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's my humor. You know, that's kind of my <laughs> sense of humor is I just, yeah, fairly outrageous and, and sort of like looking at things askew. And a lot of humor comes from uh, people looking at things in a way that other people haven't seen before that's kind of surprising and, and whatnot. So, you know, I just have that sense of humor. And um, I, I'd sort of tell my wife that I have a, a problem in that I'll always go for the laugh. Ah. Uh. So, we're in social situations. I'll say stuff that shouldn't be said because I know people are going to laugh really hard and they do. And then she does. Oh, I can't believe you said that. Then I'm like, yeah, well, you heard me say it. They're laughing, aren't they? Well, you shouldn't say it. But, you know. <laughs> but that's true. You know, comedians are usually people who have suffered a lot. Oh, yeah. And in fact, it's pretty much across the board. I mean, look at uh, Robin Williams, who committed oh. suicide, right? Yeah. Um, and I was talking to someone who's a good friend with Mel Brooks. Uh-huh. And and he said, oh, boy, did Mel have problems. I mean, he was like he he was kind of a tortured soul. But I mean, it is the comedy is just over the top. And yeah. there's a I have those New Yorker type cartoons in the book. Yeah. And one of them is these guys uh, are sitting around the table. It's a business meeting. You see the sales chart and it's going down like this and everyone's glum. And the one guy's sitting there and, and he says, and he's got a little puppet on his hand. He says, Mr. Happy wants to remind everyone that tragedy plus time equals comedy. <laughs> oh, oh. Wow. Tragedy plus time equals comedy. And you think about comedy, a lot of, Comedy is about some sort of tragedy or some sort of suffering, but you have to have time. You know, you put time in between, you get the perspective, and then it can be actually, you know, quite funny. So, um, you know, people laugh when someone slips on a banana. It's not nice, but, you know, you that's can't help just, just what we do. Yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, that's, that's why the humor throughout the book, because otherwise, I mean, who's going to read a book on suffering? Yeah, yeah, but the conclusion is that we all have to suffer. That's right. just part of life. Yeah. But the 10 easy steps, give us a couple of those steps to uh, suffer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the one uh, the one easy step is uh, blame. <laughs> yeah, if you want to suffer, you know, blame, and that's what people do. Suffering starts happening, and then they... They blame the boss. They blame the spouse. You know, they blame God. They blame the universe. They blame the weather. And and it's an easy step to suffering because when you do that, you're putting it all outside of yourself. And so you never really deal with what's really going on internally. Yeah. And so for that reason, you're just going to keep on suffering. Boom. That's right. Hmm. Another one is the... Uh, I have a chapter called The Power of Not Now. And uh, and par- part of that, and then so one of the easy steps is stay out of the present. And, you know, people 
often, you know, you can always go to the past and think about some affront, something yeah. that was painful in the past, or you can you be a future person and go into anxiety. Oh, I'm afraid this is going to happen. Oh, da, 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 and then you're suffering over that. And generally, um, you know, you move to the present and those sort of things drop away. Yeah. So yeah. those those are a couple easy steps. It's really fascinating that how do we create knowing that we're going to suffer? How are we going to create? Are we looking at creating something that we desire and then realizing on some level we're going to have to suffer? Is that what we're being? Well, no, that would that would be a, you know, that, that would be a little, you know, crazy to to. to create something and say, Oh, I know I'm going to suffer about it. So, um, but the, I mean, there is certain things. Uh, one of my easy steps is, uh, fervently desire the unattainable. So if you're trying to create something, you know, an analogy might be, you know, you really, really, really want to be on the Olympic, uh, volleyball team and you're four foot six. <laughs> It's not going to happen. happen. It, it's not going to happen. I don't care what you do. It's not going to happen if your heart is set on being on the Olympic volleyball team and you're four six, you're going to end up suffering over it. So, you know, there is a, a connection between desire and, and um, you know, suffering. However, you don't want to take this to the extreme and say, well, I'm not going to desire anything. Because then, you, you know, people tend to, who do that, they, I mean, they just, you know, sit around. <laughs> they yeah. don't do anything. So creation is a part of human expression. That's what we do. We create things. We create things. We create things. But don't necessarily believe that by creating that, you will, you know, you're not going to suffer anymore. Because it's just part of life. It's part of it, yep. And it, it, we have to, are, are we supposed to suffer in a certain way or what? Well, there, I mean, as soon as you say suppose that then that always, that always makes me like my, my, um, my rebelliousness comes up when everyone says suppose, I'm like, I am not supposed to do anything. But um, what I do say in the book is when you are suffering, you can choose how you want to suffer. This is part of the how to suffer book part. You can choose how to do it. I mean, some people do it, you know, they just, they get, they go into victimization. So they, yes. play, that's one thing. Um, some people, the other end of the spectrum are very stoic about it. So they just accept it and they say, Oh, well, this is just, you know, what's happening to me. Some some people are very gracious in their suffering. You know, people har horrible things happen, and and they're just they're they're gracious about it. So, I have a whole list there of from sort of the very let's say negative to what I think are the more positive ways. But the idea is you can consciously choose how you how you're going to suffer. Yeah. You know, are you going to you know wallow in it? Are you going to um, you know seek professional help? Maybe. I mean, there's different ways that you can deal with it. But part of the grill in the room aspect of suffering is that you just suffer and you don't really deal with it. 
you know, you don't deal with it like you would deal. If your car has a flat tire, you're going to deal with it, right? Yeah, you have but, no choice. Yeah, but when you're suffering, most people, you know, don't really deal with it. I mean, there's responses we have. Oh, let, I'm going to go to, um, I feel lousy. I'm going to go to a movie, you know, th that kind of thing. But to really step back and say, how do I, when, when, you know, when it hits the fan, how do I really, really want to respond? And that's something that you can, you can choose. So you can choose how you suffer right. or how long you suffer. Well, as to choosing how long, uh, you can affect that. But if you just say, okay, I'm going to suffer for the, sometimes that works. Like when Deirdre was on the couch, you know, part of what she, I asked her later, I said, what were you doing? And she said, well, you know, that was just, you know, it was just miserable and all the stuff I couldn't do. And it's been hurting for a while. Instead of pushing it at bay, she was just, go I'm just going to suffer. I am going to go into that state and really feel it. And after 10 minutes, she said, I figured I'd get bored with it. <laughs> but again, if you, if you deny it, if you just kind of keep doing, you never do it. So one technique is really just go in there. And it, now that work, we know that works with grief. Right. Let's, let's say if a, you know, a loved one dies, you know, you have to, you have, there's that grief, the sense of loss. This is right. you know, basic psychology. You have to get in there and, and deal with it and really experience it. So one of the techniques is, you know, when this stuff happens to really experience it. And once you've sort of drank the full cup, often you're like, okay, I'm, I'm bored or I'm kind of done with it. Yeah. So that's just one of the techniques. So I would think, then you are choosing how long you're going to suffer. You can either get into it, but in the law of attraction world, we always say, stop, change your thoughts. You're going to change your life. So in actual, I mean, we're telling them, don't go through it, just change your thoughts. And that's right. hurting more people than helping. Yes, it is. I mean, the whole, the, the law of attraction, um, since we're on law of attraction talk radio. Thank you. <laughs> um, the law of attraction, um, you know, it's kind of a, it's kind of a funny thing. First off in physics, the law of attraction has to do with opposites, right? Right. Yeah. Electrons and positrons plus and minus North pole, South pole of magnets, you know, the law of attraction, you know, at least part of it is, um, has to do with the duality and the opposites and duality coming together. Whereas the law of attraction as people use it metaphysically means that if I want to get rich, I, I create thoughts of richness and that'll exactly. happen, which is actually more of a resonant frequency than law of attraction. Right. It's resonant frequency. It's like, it's like if you sing in the note, a G, ah, sing a note, and you have a guitar sitting around, the, the G string will start to vibrate on the guitar. That's the resonant frequency. So if when you're, when you're creating those thoughts of, uh, of wealth or love or whatever you, you want, what you're doing, it's resonant frequency. You'll get something that's the same, and that is what resonates. And then there's a connection between the two. The law of the attraction is the attraction of opposites. So, 
But as wow. I'm just nerding out as a physicist now. So no, can- I think it's brilliant. I, I, I'm hoping you're going to do a movie on the law of attraction because we need to hear from you on that. We yeah. need you to kind of straighten us out. Well, may, maybe that'll be another movie. But until then, um, <laughs> until there, here we are talking about suffering. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and laughing. See, what is it that that, that happens so much? You start talking. It's just... You, and I think part of the reason that laughter comes about is it's a taboo. It's kind of a taboo to talk about your suffering, at least in the you yeah. know, social setting. How are you doing? I'm suffering. People are going to go like, whoa, you know, <laughs> is it contagious? Yeah. Right. Right. So um, it's, it's really a, a, a taboo. Um, and the thing about taboos are, a lot of humor also comes from talking about taboos. You see these stand-up comics, you know, and they're always talking about stuff that happens in the bedroom, you know, that you're not supposed to talk about, but they bring it up and everyone laughs. It's a nervous laugh. Right. Well, the suffering has this nervous laugh because it's a taboo. And once I kind of realized that, I mean, that's part of the book. That's a big premise of the book is like, well, yeah, that's, uh, you know, it's time to acknowledge the gorilla. Yeah. Okay. It's time to acknowledge that. You also have this, um, forgive me if I'm not saying this, this meter that you developed. Dum, 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 dum. The sufferometer. I love this. Yes. Here's my sufferometer. Okay. Would you, <laughs> would you tell us what that's about? Well, the big dial is, um, is between, uh, zero and a hundred just shows how much you're suffering. Okay. The center dial is the wisdom wheel. And that's what, assuming you don't want to suffer, um, that's what wisdom you're going to employ to uh, get out of your suffering. Now at the bottom, we have some little things. This one here, um, that's the creation slider. And it was a good one for the law of attraction crowd because on the one thing it's I create my reality and some people say that in toto you create your reality um I I say well yeah sometimes but you know a tsunami happens you didn't create the tsunami yeah so so that that is sh which of course stands for shit happens (laughs) so so it's so you're suffering where where is it okay a tree fell on your house that's sh that's like, okay, that's there. Or, you know, you, you, um, you cracked up your car because you were on your cell phone. That's an I create. You created it. Yeah. And so it's good to get a metric on where that is. And the other thing is the time slider. Here is there. You say, where are you in the past, present, or future? And so the idea of, I mean, I sort of came up with it, like many things in the book, originally as a joke, sufferometer because I have a chapter of the pseudoscience of suffering. So you, even a pseudoscience needs a metric, so sufferometer. But what I realized is it's actually useful, much to my surprise, because, again, think about that every morning coming down, I put one up in the refrigerator, right? And you say, how much am I suffering today? Where's my suffering at? And you go ahead and you set the, set the metric for where it's at. And it's a really interesting exercise to start doing that so that's the beginning of it and then i realize you use it to get out of your 
whatever suffering state you're at. So you may say, I mean, I did, I was writing a, the chapter on it and I said, I wonder, let me, let me just make something up. And then I started thinking, I'm like, I don't have to make something up. I'm actually very anxious about this business deal I'm doing. And so, well, let me use the sufferometer. So I set the thing at 80 for suffering, right? And I said, did I create this? Yes, I created it because I was a business deal that I did. You know, where's the time slider? I'm off into the future. I'm thinking about the future now, and that's causing my suffering. Which oh, is, wow. Which, see, which is a realization. So, okay, so I go to the wisdom wheel, and there's like surrender, forgiveness, non-attachment, those the sorts of things. And one of the, the things is time. So I said, oh, okay, I am going to adjust time and get into the present. I'm just not going to think about the future. So I, I put it, I said, okay, I'm moving my consciousness to the, the present. And um, it was summertime. And I said, I think I'm just going to go out and deadhead some flowers. So I go out and deadhead some flowers. And 10 minutes later, I'm not suffering this anxiety anymore. So that's how the this, this sufferometer to externalize the internal states. Because the internal states, again, were, you know, and, unless you really practice on focusing within, you know, they're kind of nebulous in there. And especially when you're upset about something, then it gets, that can bring in old patterns. It can bring in yeah. your own nets. It can, you know, it, it's just a, a, a real confused internal landscape. So the sufferometer is a way to externalize that. You know, that, that is really brilliant because it does take the focus off of our mental state and lets us see exactly where we are. Otherwise, we're all over the place. Right. That's yep. brilliant. That is really brilliant. You really got to make money market that. That's great. But I got, I got a feeling everybody's going to be making one after they read this book. This is wonderful. Well, let's, let's hope they make that. I know I've thought about... Um, you know, I may do on the website say, here's a template, you can download it, print it on a card stock. And I actually have a video, which I'll post one of these days of, um, I did a little eight minute um, sort of like home uh, construction project, make your own. That's where the one I showed you was one from a video I made, uh, making your own sufferometer. So. Oh, good. Good. That's really, I think this helps us to understand what is really behind the suffering and yeah. that we can shift out of it at a faster speed. We don't have to wallow in it. We you, don't have to wallow in it. Although, yeah. unless, and this is the, the thing, <clears throat> every once in a while, you know, you got to wallow. I mean, that's part of it. Sometimes, you know, especially I've noticed when I've done something that, that that's been thoughtless, that, that hurts and harms someone that I care about, you know, then it's like, I just got to hang in. The tendency is to, to push it away. But again, it's like the grief, you know, you're, you're grieving that you've been such a uh, jerk. So, you know, you just sometimes got to wallow in it for a while, but then there comes a point. It's like, okay, I've, I've done that. And not to just keep looping on it, which we often do and then move on. Yeah, this is, um, Self-development. Yep. 
this is actually what we should be learning in elementary school. So it sets us right for our entire life. Uh, again, I'm grateful to you for even doing this because you're bringing a whole new light of, of what we are about. And it's very powerful. I mean, it's only going to help us. Yeah. And it's, it's, for me, it's very funny. I mean, if someone would have said five years ago, oh, you're going to write a book on suffering. I would be like, what? That's about the last thing I want to do. Cause you know, I like science and spirituality. I like these ideas. I like trippy stuff. And the idea about doing something so internal, I mean, I would never, never do that, but it just, you know, the universe or God or the creative spirits or whatever sometimes just brings stuff to your front door. And, and the timing is perfect too, because the sooner that we can understand about suffering, the sooner that we can move forward. I mean, it, unless we can really grasp this stuff. So the timing of it, um, the timing of it right now with all the political <laughs> weirdness, this is like, okay, people are suffering. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. And we yeah. can we can sort of get rid of it by laughing. Yeah, and part of the trouble with the political thing is I know I know friendships that have broken up over the politics and um that's really unfortunate and I mean that's one thing that is is come I mean that's relatively new. I yeah. Mean, friendships haven't broken up over politics um but in this case it's it's really it's no longer politics it's personalities actually yeah so and and just you know how can you how can you you know then but it's really unfortunate that this divisiveness that is happening here and you know it's kind of a wave that's happening around the globe quite honestly so yeah it is it is but Again, this book is perfect timing for us. I mean, yeah. we can deal with it. That's what makes it so phenomenal. That is all the time that we have. I got to tell you that you are quite fabulous. I can't thank you enough. You did bring the law of attraction to the world. And your movie, What the Bleep, is forever in my mind. Uh, you're a blessing to us all, and I can't thank you enough. Well, thank you. That's that's very nice. I I I should have just recorded that and said the next time I'm suffering, I'll just play that back. <laughs> <laughs> and if you do a law of attraction movie, boy, that would be fabulous. I'll be uh, the first one paying for the ticket. <laughs> okay. We'll all do. right. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on. It's been fun. Thank you. And please tell everybody where they can get the book. Oh, well, if you, our website is howtosuffer.me, which is kind of funny, howtosuffer.me. <laughs> if you go there, then you go to our web page and there's, I made a bunch of videos uh, that are kind of fun, two, three minute videos. And there's links there to go to uh, Amazon and or uh, Barnes and Noble to buy it online or go, it's actually in bookstores. So, you know, go tell your bookseller to sell you the copy and and this is going to be a bestseller if it's not already it's wonderful thank you again sir i really really appreciate it
Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next week with another great show from Law of Attraction Talk Radio. If you'd like to comment on tonight's show, send an email to jules at loaradionetwork.com and have a great week. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.